I suppose if I was a good board member, a dutiful board member, I would go quietly into that good night, the night described by the newly adopted Glaze recommendations. For that matter, I would also do as required of me by my duly assigned board member role and responsibilities. I would not resist. I would not rage against the dying of the light. But light is being lost, arguably important light. And before it dies completely, it feels like it's incumbent on board members, not chairs, but regular members, to continue to act in the best interests of the public we serve, advising it on the changes to come, alerting it. I have been confused. Now, I've been, I've been torn about how to react as an elected member. I envy the teachers, their NSTU, their representation. I envy the public, its complete freedom of personal expression. I have struggled with the fact that our own hands are tied. I feel like I have mostly sat quietly by while this thing marches toward its seemingly inevitable conclusion. We need leadership at this moment. Those of us not conscripted into the dissolution want to serve the public to the end, earn our stipend, fulfill our duty. What serving looks like at this moment in the history of education in this province isn't clear. Perhaps it's a matter of shedding light on the perceived implications of the recommendations. Perhaps it's action. Whatever... It is. It continues to be about the public we serve. If ever there was a time to represent, it's now. It's not the representation described by the org chart and definitions into which we were inducted as elected members, but that, indu- that induction did not anticipate this fate. How were we to behave in the event of elimination? You're listening to Offscript, the Atlantic Canada Politics Podcast. My name is Mark Coffin. The voice you just heard was Cindy Littlefair, who is one of the members of the Halifax Regional School Board, grappling with the challenge of how to serve in the dying days of school boards in Nova Scotia. On Thursday, March 1st, the Nova Scotia government will introduce its education reform bill. The bill is expected to dissolve all English language school boards in the province, along with many other measures that have sparked much controversy, conversation, and resistance. It's the dissolution of school boards, in essence, that Cindy was speaking to at her board meeting last week, and specifically the question of how an elected board member is to behave as the light of elected school boards is turned out in Nova Scotia. What is a conscientious board member to do in this moment? Go away quietly? Resist the dissolution? Carry on their duties as school board trustees in exile? On this episode of the podcast, I speak with Cindy Littlefair, talk about all of that and more. last week's school board meeting, you mentioned that if you were a good member, a good board member, a dutiful board member, you would go quietly into the good night and that you would not rage against the dying of the light. And you noted that the light is being lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and that before the light dies, it's important to continue to act in the best interests of the public mm-hmm. uh, elected members serve. I wonder if you could say a little more about uh, what the light and the, the night is in that metaphor. It was so eloquently put. <laughs> Thank you for saying so. Um, uh, I, I think I could go back to January 24th, actually, uh, the day after Avis Glaze uh, delivered her recommendations and uh, the day they were accepted by, by the minister, by the department, the government. Um, and uh, my first and kind of enduring response or feeling about that was, wow, when I went to work this morning, I had five votes. And when I came, when I got home by that night, I had four so my my um, my say in matters had been reduced by twenty percent between days beginning and days end, and mm. that immediately, in terms of you know the big light, the light overall, that's a dimming of. of where, where does the twenty percent come from? Sorry, I, I missed that. Part. Okay, so we uh, we had five votes. We have 
school board, council, mayor, MLA, MP. All of us right. have that, gotcha. no matter where we're living in Canada, uh -huh. I think, more or less. Mm -hmm. um, and by the end of the day, the school board had been removed from that equation. Uh, so that's one of five, and to, mm -hmm. my, to my math, that's 20%. <laughs> <laughs> our voting rights have been reduced by 20 percent now Understood. maybe I'm just being sensational about it but uh -huh. but if it, it, it it felt big it felt significant to yeah. me that that w without you know so much of a without the blink of an eye or in the blink of an eye and without the bat of an eye or whatever we had lost we had lost a vote mm -hmm. so that's the big light the, the big light that is lost is is that is a vote and the other uh, more uh, specific light is that of school board which I happen to feel is relevant and I think I, I, I think I feel justified in saying so because after serving five years I've got to say it's given me uh, you know a lot of opportunity to see things up close and in person and I have I am acutely aware of the shortcomings I'm also acutely aware of the strengths mm -hmm. and at the end of the day after five plus years of doing this and looking at alternatives this is the answer for me it is a democratic approach and democratic process and and then you know things that were going on otherwise behind the scenes with governance and with equity and, and just the things in which I took particular interest makes this a particularly light squashing moment. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if you can just maybe share a bit more about what those what those things that were going on in, in the background, because the dominant narrative right now uh, that uh, I think has, has more or less generally been, been accepted, well certainly been accepted by the government and I think is increasingly accepted in, in a lot of public spaces, is that uh, we're over-governed, we've got too much uh, administration at too many levels, and you lose accountability with that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and all of that uh, may have, have merit. Um, I don't think it was particularly uh, a particularly cogent ar argument in the Glaze report, but it sounds like it also, what, you, what you're saying is that it, all of that also ignores the good work that is happening within boards. What were some of the things that uh, the HRSB was able to do during your time that made it worthwhile? For, for you and ultimately for students. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like I have to choose one. And I, I will say in addition that going into it, I didn't know what um, contribution, meaningful contribution would look like until I was a few years in and I realized that the the contribution was not the headlines. It mm -hmm. wasn't the it wasn't big, splashy, sexy things. It was actually kind of incremental. It was a product of conversations, like actually being in the same room as, as staff and decision makers or, you know, operations people and, and being able to shed light or share in a way that informed decision making, you know, made it different from what it would have been otherwise. I guess that one of the examples I think of immediately because it's been such a huge success is the governing board is responsible for the hiring of the superintendent. Now, needless to say, that's not something that comes up every day, right. but when it does, it's critical that you get the right person. So that was one of our first jobs, my first term. We were, uh, we were between superintendents, we had an acting, and we hired Elwin LaRue. He is a gift to this part of the country, to my way of thinking. Um, his his insights, his his intelligence are just spot on, and 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 mm. and the way he's he, he directs or advises the directing of resources is tremendous. He's he's extremely responsive, not just to the board but to the public generally and public needs, and to his staff, his administrators, his teachers. He's just he is a gift. Mm. We are very lucky in HRM to to have someone as gifted as a, an educator and a leader. Uh, uh, as he is, and, an, and as an executive, um, and going forward, that role 
as 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 envisaged, you know, by the minister, will will be that of a civil servant. I mean, so that's he's he's being co-opted and kind of uh, to my or the role is being co-opted rather and, and mm-hmm. turned into something other than what it is right now. And it's not a decision made by you know representatives of the public. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a decision made by you know the department, and right. I, that that makes it a very different proposition for me. What they bring to that. That search and that selection, I think, will be very different from what um, you, you or I would bring to it. Like, you know, um, the, the term most frequently used by those who are critical of the change in focus, um, say with VPs and principals, is that principals and VPs become bean counters and, you know, accountable to the, uh, you know, kind of the, a business model, mm-hmm. operating in a business model. And my fear is that uh, the superintendent with the new title mm-hmm. and the superintendents around the province will become more like managers. Hmm. Uh, I'm curious about that, but what, what I want to ask you about is sort of the, the how of, of what you're doing now. And mm-hmm. um, in this, uh, these remarks uh, that you made at the last week's school board meeting, I couldn't tell if it was... Uh, it felt like it was sort of written like a, a call to action, but given the mood in the room, it felt more like perhaps a pep talk. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But uh, it started from a place of maybe seeming to accept th- some of the inevitability of what was about to happen, mm-hmm. um, but still there was a bit of a, a rousing uh, call to action in there of, of what board members can do, mm-hmm. um, I guess, in the dying days of school board and maybe even beyond uh, the point when school boards are, mm-hmm. uh, are are an actual formal thing. Can you talk a bit about what, I guess, you see uh, your role as, uh, as you know, not not going into the night quietly at, at this right. point? What does that, what does that mean in, in, that in, in kind yeah. of practical terms? That means uh, uh, fully kind of harnessing the opportunity available to us in the form of the provincial association and its and the response it has uh, crafted on our behalf and it's 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 the product of years worth of resolutions um, which are oddly familiar to to many of the recommendations that the government uh, is now accepting and acting on. There's a little kind of resentment around that, but in any <laughs> um, actually, uh, be, because individual school boards are now in effect operating without leadership, and I say that because the chairs, having been, you know, made members of the transition committee, um, are in the unfortunate position of having two masters, so mm-hmm. to speak. Uh, so the minister, on the one hand, who's kind of now employing them as as uh, transition team members or is about to mm. start employing them as transition team members and then boards who would otherwise be looking to them for leadership but i think uh they're they're divided they're split it's just it, it's uh it's put them in a very difficult position so i'm wondering can you explain a bit more about how the, the distinction between chairs and and board members so there's actually uh, i guess like a, a contract or uh, been a, an order from the department in place that makes the the chair's role going forward more um i guess of the department than the board the uh so just to begin the the chair is elected from amongst the regular memberships Mm -hmm. so that's fine so this year uh, you know we we have the election every every november and what happened 
because of the dissolution of boards, the chair then became the de facto representative for Halifax, for HRM, on this transition team okay. that the minister has assembled. And if I was a member of the public, or if I was operating without benefit of other kind of um, interests and insights, I mm. would say, oh, that's brilliant. So every board is represented on the transition team, except that in this case, that's really what right. remains the little that remains of board productive time is now left rudderless. So right. we're kind of flopping about um, and uh, it's not fair for us to be looking to the chair for direction because the chair is now probably, I mean if I were the chair, I would be looking to the future and and making sure that I was you know giving that all my attention and there mm -hmm. and there's so there's that and this is because there's that part of me that wants that that uh that wants to make whatever use we can of the remaining time fully uh and thoroughly um and uh and not just uh i guess uh surrender to what is mm -hmm. pretty much an inevitability yeah Back to this episode in a moment. Offscript is a podcast for engaged citizens, public leaders, and activists here in Atlantic Canada. In each episode of the podcast, we typically take a deep dive into a particular idea, approach, issue, or one person's story, and look at it through the lens of how we can govern ourselves and our communities better. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you find podcasts. We are on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, we are on Spotify now. So if you want to listen to the podcast there, but you haven't been able to do so, that's a new thing in the last few weeks. If you're not into podcasts generally, but you're enjoying listening to this conversation and you want to hear more like it, then you can subscribe to the podcast via email updates. Go to the page where you're presumably already listening to this episode uh, over at springtide.ngo slash OS27, and you'll see a sidebar. Punch in your email, get an email each week when a new episode is released. You mentioned in your remarks being somewhat envious of teachers. Mm. Uh, why is that? Because uh, it's it's okay to be out there. I yeah. mean, teachers are very out there about what they're feeling right now. I I have tremendous respect for what they're doing. This is not about personal gain. This is about responding to a system that they're on the front lines of on a daily basis, and they they know w what they need, and they know in great numbers. And mm -hmm. you know, I've had my share of conversations with teachers teachers who've taught my kids who say and, and teachers who are just like tremendous educators and 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 hearing them say uh, I'm thinking about getting out it's just you know I think the time has come to look at an alternative career so um, yeah I think there is no ambiguity in what teachers are meant to be doing at mm -hmm. this point whereas with with some um, board members there's that ambiguity it's like is it okay if we talk out or right. are we inviting censure is this going is this problematic and how are we actually meant to behave in end times like this wasn't actually spelled out in our roles and responsibilities when we yeah. took the job on so is it okay for us to have an opinion uh -huh. and where have people i mean obviously there's a lot of questions being asked and mm -hmm. you're talking to me and mm -hmm. being pretty open about mm -hmm. where you're at but where have most people landed uh, in there are a, a few of us are vocal-ish. Mm -hmm. Vocal-ish. <laughs> <laughs> there's even there's a past board, board member who's very vocal uh, as well, uh, and 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 the extent of my kind of knowledge of vocal is Twitter because uh, I had to decide what I was going to kind of 
know and be able to manage right. with the time available. And, and so Twitter is where I end up kind of having my finger on the pulse hmm. and jumping in. Uh, and then the odd print media and online, you know, if I write something, then it will go somewhere. Mm-hmm. But, um, and the others, uh, I think, I, uh, there is that kind of just uncertainty around what um, what we are and are not allowed to say. And so everyone has come to their own decision about what, what they do with that. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe the... It may have something to do with it that there are some 7,500 teachers versus, you know, the the eight elected school boards, uh, you know, 10 to 12, I guess, each. Uh, the, the numbers, even if teachers are being a bit hesitant, I'm sure there are teachers out there. Uh, <laughs> there's still thousands of them. So yeah, exactly. if some are active, yeah, yeah, then, yeah. then we hear about it and we see those posts shared. And, and I think it's a more... It's a more uh, or at least from a media perspective, well, numbers, sheer volume, that's that's definitely one factor. And then beyond that, what's going on in the classroom? I mean, so mm. many of us have kids in the classroom. We care. Our, uh, we're listening. You know, you've got our attention. When With school boards, it's about governance, and it's about, you know, policy, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a harder sell that, you know, relevance. Mm-hmm. Or even democratic process or voice, you know, like uh, uh, vote. Uh, I think those are... Well, as we, you know, it's kind of evident. You look around; democracy is not at its healthiest right now. So, uh, the um, the points that we might be making are not immediately as digestible. Right. Yeah, it's a process issue versus what happened to my kid today in the classroom. Exactly. When it comes to any kind of governance reform, the, there there's always this tension between you know the people who often have the most valuable things to offer on it or people with experience who also tends to be the people that are likely to lose some power in in it and it, it doesn't strike me that that's the dominant feeling I, I'm getting from talking to you or, or hearing from other school board members oh the resistance is born of self-interest yeah oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. okay go on I, I wonder if does power uh, play into the discussion at all does the loss of, of power whether it's been uh, I mean, obviously, it's power that's been earned democratically, but it's still power being lost. Is your sense that that factors into the discussion at uh, at the board level about losing um, losing power? It's a pretty conscientious bunch mm-hmm. and involved for the right reasons. It's I I don't feel like it's. I mean, I can't speak across the board. I can't say that everyone yeah. is motivated. Obviously, we're not all motivated by the same things and. You know, our intentions are not all the same, but generally speaking, um, uh, it's been a, it's it's about it has been about kids and education, and mm-hmm. uh, not a lot of perks that come with the job. There's mm-hmm. a, there's a lot of uh, a lot of grief comes with the job because, of mm-hmm. course, when people are most aware of us is when we're doing something like a boundary review or a school review or right. or you know money's disappearing mm-hmm. for staffing or anyway. So uh, we tend to attract attention when things uh, unfavorable things are happening and and the heat around that right can be very um uncomfortable mm-hmm. uh so you have to be in it for the right reasons really mm-hmm. power it's the lowest rung on that <laughs> ladder it, there's not a lot of power attaches to it and i think looking back the closer we got to this moment in history, the more we saw the erosion of whatever power there mm-hmm. might once have been, uh, and 
you know, I've only been at this five years. I don't know how far back that kind of clawing back mm-hmm. of power might have been going on. But we saw it with policy, for instance, because there was more and more provincial policy being issued. Mm-hmm. And as a taxpayer, I'm like, oh, well, that kind of makes sense because there's such efficiency in having the same policy from one end of the province to the other, except right. that it doesn't actually satisfy local priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, and it definitely takes away from, uh, you know, the role mm-hmm. of a local board. So it seems like not a lot of people, including yourself, are happy with uh, the government's plans for education reform. What kind of reform is it that we need? I think uh, I, I could keep it very simple and just stick to what we as a board contribute to that. Okay. Because, you know, best case, everybody involved is about the kids and about education. But from a board perspective, and I, I alluded to this earlier, uh, the change that had been going on behind the scenes and was about to be rolled out and piloted was a change in governance. So mm-hmm. going back a few years, just uh, speaking personally and, and, and about my own contribution to that, I'd gone, I had studied a variety of governance models and had a uh, move that we uh, create a governance committee in Halifax and we did and so spent a year kind of researching studying going to went to one workshop in particular anyway the product of that was the recommendation around a particular model and then the provincial association picked that up uh, completely unsexy stuff who cares governance that's a lot of thumb twiddling and how is that ever going to show up in the classroom except mm-hmm. that I feel like the current model has given us, you know, like it's it's like operating at 65% efficiency or so. And mm-hmm. I, by efficiency, I mean results are ending up in the classroom. Like we're spending that much time talking about the classroom and kids. Mm-hmm. This new model would make it far closer to 100%. So Your proposed model or the Yeah, the model this model that was finally through. picked up and, run mm-hmm. and, and that the provincial association ran with would actually mean that much more was... Uh, you, is it good when you leave something on the table or is it good when you don't leave anything on the table? I can't recall. <laughs> but point being, far more of board efforts and focus would be left in the classroom, would be right. on the classroom uh-huh. and, and, and improving that. So an example is pulling completely out of operations. Any preoccupation or you know distraction we might be feeling around ocu- operations would be addressed by this model. And we would instead be looking at a very kind of a carefully chosen small relative to what most of us operate with collection of policy that would be you know all meat as opposed to kind of a squishy you know mm-hmm. collection of operations slash governance type stuff so it was uh, yeah that sort of thing uh, much of what the glaze report I think much of the improvement that it hints at or points to uh, would have been accomplished with mm-hmm. this change in governance. And it was actually the, 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 the work on governance that the Provincial Association was doing was actually supported, like financially supported and supported mm-hmm. in spirit by the province. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know, I'm at a loss to understand why that was. We mm-hmm. were unbelievably close. And it's I, one of my frustrations is that no one will ever know, no one will ever see um, how that could have panned out. And mm. I think it would would have been a far simpler solution to what mm-hmm. we uh, what we're now faced with. So, you've got a few months left, maybe more than a few, or fewer than a few, or fewer than a few. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
what does it look like after the boards are disbanded for you? It's funny, I had this thought and I actually tw tweeted about this and kind of, you know, had fun and made light of it, but I, uh, the tweet was uh, available, one slightly used school board member, <laughs> uh, knows, knows, the, knows the system, maybe she can help out at your school. And then I, th and it was serious because I thought, well, if SACs are yeah. now what uh, the mechanism for working with public education, then I want to be on an SAC. And then I thought, what a pain in the ass I'd be to an SAC, <laughs> you know, like a, 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 a delisted board members, like you got to be like a total pain at the local level, at the school level. Uh -huh. It would be like... Um, you know, hiring a, a manager to run the checkout or something. I mean, you know, a very important job, but it's like, you're just too much. Mm -hmm. I need to find a way. This is by way of saying, I need to find a way right. to get involved. And it may require stepping back um, briefly, but um, I have felt strongly about public education forever. Mm -hmm and uh, we'll probably continue to feel that way. It seems like the, I found in, in hearing your, your remarks that there was almost sort of like a, a suggestion that, that board members serve as like school board trustees in exile or something. That oh. this idea of, you okay, know, Okay, at that point you were, you were reading in, but I was uh, reading you're in, also okay. planting a seed possibly. <laughs> well, thanks for taking some time to chat. You're welcome. That was this week's episode of Offscript. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, we really think you'll enjoy getting it every week. You can subscribe to the podcast, search for Offscript wherever you find podcasts. If you're not into podcasts, if what I just said means nothing to you, you can still subscribe by email. Go to the page where you can listen to this podcast on our website. If you're not already there, punch in springtide.ngo slash OS27 for Offscript episode 27. You can punch your email in on the right-hand side of that page, and we will send you an email each week when there is a new episode to listen to. Offscript is a podcast produced by Springtide, and Springtide is a charity committed to helping people lead change through politics with their integrity intact. You can find us at springtide.ngo, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash springtideco, on Twitter at springtideco, and you can find me on Twitter at Mark Coffin. You can share this podcast on Facebook, find an easy to share link at springtide.ngo slash OS 27. If you enjoy hearing the show each week, please consider supporting it. You can do so for as little as $3 a month. Go to springtide.ngo slash offscript support and sign up to be a monthly supporter at springtide.ngo slash offscript support. 